the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. It's spring, and Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island is your lawn care company. Call them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call them now. Get that spring program. You have the fertilizer, then you guaranteed broadleaf crabgrass control. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call Lawn Doctor today. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com, or call them 401-392-1025. Folks, it's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You could always listen online at the website, which is DePietro.com. We have made it to Friday. And this story, it's developing right now. I'm not sure where it's going to lead. But um, Providence orders homeless people to leave encampment in the West End. City officials trying to oust about 15 people living in tents, vacant lot, West End. Police giving them 48 hours to clear out, face civil criminal prosecution. You know, this is going to be a test of what's, you're seeing this in California, these homeless encampments. Now, folks, there, there has to be, and, and they're trying to say, listen, we have a garden, we have an outdoor shower, we're planting vegetables, we're looking out for each other. The problem is, this, you, you, we, this is going to be a test case of whether or not they're going to allow these types of homeless encampments to just start to pop up now this is different then right like right now the situation with the homeless is they put them up in hotels they put them obviously you know up at the homeless shelter and the people in the neighborhood they don't want them there so uh you know the the people at city hall are saying it's not safe uh the city is trying to work with them but people and the people that that are living there are saying well you know it's our community and we have a shower and we have uh we're planting things but the the people in the neighborhood are saying you know they're they're up there's noise and arguments all hours of the night it's at the end of their street so you know when they bought their homes they what would happen to property values if suddenly at the end of your home with it's one thing it's an empty vacant lot it's another thing there's a homeless encampment and it starts to be permanent now listen to this as of wednesday waiting list for individuals family shelters was 657 people 212 people were staying state-supported hotel for people experiencing homelessness so they said well we can't put them in shelters now but these people don't want to live in the shelters because they also a lot of times they have pets let's also there's drugs involved camping drugs into a shelter so they've just decided we're just going to take over this land and now there are some people advocating you know they're not bothering anyone and uh supporters have donated water food they have a porta potty uh and you know look at this and and but but this this business this is going to be a test case because if you allow this how do you start to kick out other people that start to set up these different uh homeless encampments um and they're saying right now there are 390 people living outside in rhode island that that's gonna triple the three 390 people and that's just that they know about you could easily put a one in front of that if you're going to start to allow this you know once you start this um this there's there's no way to stop it and you see it out on the west coast whether it be los angeles terrible in san francisco they just start to set up and these encampments listen these are people i get it like there's more and more people that are opting that and 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 this is not a matter of people can say that they're mentally ill because if you go and talk to them you know they're they're saying they're not people that are working with them saying they're not they're people that you know don't want to pay a rent don't want to pay a mortgage basically don't want to work and this is going to be a test case and i don't know how this is going to play out but if they allow this what about the people in the neighborhood what about the people that live around there take care of their home work pay a mortgage or the landlords that invest around there 
this homeless encampment, whenever these start to spring up, and if you notice right now, you know, the media is is going along with this sympathetic type of um, approach to it, you know, almost under the guise of they're not bothering anyone. And I even saw someone put, uh, you know, look at this, you know, heartwarming story of these people that are building together a community that they, they don't belong there. And I don't blame the people in the neighborhood for being upset about this. Who would want this? Um, and and I, I was uh, taken by some of the people in the neighborhood that were very adamant that, no, we don't think it's charming. Uh, you know, they're planting. They have an outdoor shower. They, they they can try to find a home like everybody else. Let's listen. This is the um, Channel 12 story on it. But they're saying they have nowhere else to go. This comes as neighbors are also divided on having members of that encampment on their street. 12 News reporter Courtney Carter went to the encampment today and has more details. Courtney? Well, I was given a tour of that homeless encampment by members of the community that live there. And they say they are doing nothing wrong, just trying to survive. They're trespassing. Diomila Matilda Almonte says she has been homeless since she was 18. Now 31, this is the most community she has ever felt. Been in a baby temporarily, but it's my home for now. Almonte and 14 others have created a neighborhood of their own on this lot on Filler and Wilson Avenue in Providence. They have a community-created shower. And you just stand under it and you take a shower. An eating area and have started a garden. Come get to know the people that stay here. I think their stories deserve to be heard. But Amante says no one is listening, showing me this letter. In order to vacate by the city, she was given Wednesday. The city is giving them 48 hours to leave the lot. Amante says the lot was empty when they found it. A Rhode Island homeless outreach coordinator says currently there is nowhere else for all of them to go. We have about 600 people waiting to get into shelter. 12 News reached out to the mayor's office about this and in a statement they said the current situation at the encampment along Wilson Street is unsafe for the people living there. The city is working with social service providers to offer them safe, stable shelter and additional resources. And while some neighbors support the encampment, can't just throw people out on the street. They, you know, they have tents here at least. They have something. Others want them gone. The people talking, talking every night. I don't know. I got a lot of people coming there. I don't want them, but they're in this party. We have kids. We have three grandkids. We are not able to go to the park and play. They say a lot of bad words nighttime. They fight in the argument all night long. We want them to move out there as soon as possible. Now I reached out to who You know what's funny is, so the, the voice you heard, um, in that story of, well, you know, they have nowhere to go is, is like, you know, the white progressive, right. Who chooses to, he doesn't really live in that neighborhood. The people you heard on that street that seemingly are hardworking and they own homes and happen to be Latino. So the very progressive, and I've seen this guy before, Alex Marsh. Well, I mean, they have nowhere to go and you just have to, yeah, you don't live around there. You heard those people that live there saying yeah they, they're people going all hours of the night listen you can't just plop down on empty land and that report from channel 12 i i think it was biased you know trying to say they they are let's call they're trespassing they're trespassing on the land they trust and to say oh well the, there was there was no one there that that alex marsh that was saying that why doesn't he have them come live at his house like, this is so unfair to do. And there's this narrative going on in the media, you know, almost like they're not bothering anyone. Excuse me, they're trespassing. That's not their land. And the amount of people, folks, and you see it, if you could start to make this a legitimate form of living, meaning if you start to say to people, you know, if you don't want to work, don't worry about it. The system will take care of you. Guess what people will do? They won't work. If people can live somewhere for free, they'll live somewhere for free. Now, that woman who's been homeless supposedly since she was 18 years old, um, you know, that's that's tragic. That starts to become a way of life. She doesn't seem like she has uh, any type of mental challenges. She needs a job. They need to be taught, listen, you have to provide for yourself. You're supposed to work. You're supposed to find a place to live. Everyone just can't take care of you. We're not bothering anyone. Listen, it's nice now. It's June. We know June leads into July. 
leads into August, leads into September, and then eventually it starts to get colder on here again. Um, the homeless problem is really becoming large sections of people that are deciding, I've decided I'm not going to work. I'm not going to pay bills. I want everyone to just take care of me. I'll live on handouts. All these people, you know, I really question some of these people, they're waiting for a shelter. If some of them would, if they would get jobs and then share an apartment, they wouldn't have to live on the street. But if you allow it to go on, if they allow this, how do you start to kick out other encampments? That Alex Morsh, who's, I've, I've seen his name before, he's a big progressive. They can come, why don't they pitch a tent at his house? If everybody there got a job, and then they pulled their money. They could get an apartment and they wouldn't have to try to live in a tent, in an encampment, that property that is not theirs. That's where I come down. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. While the pandemic rages on, you need to stay healthy. You need to take care of your health. You need to stop it and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Call Marie. I call her the Queen of Health, 401 401- 305-3585. You've seen the her store. It's right in that old white church. It's my health. Because folks, it's about your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Shop local. Stop it and see Marie. What do we have? Well, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies, who understand quality, integrity, local products like the incredible Akai Berry. She also has honey, maple syrup. Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, has over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. The service is the best, plus hemp and CBD products, plus massage therapy, reflexology, Pilates. Folks, stop it and see her. It's my health because it's about your health and staying healthy and children's vitamins. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 401-305-3585. Stop in and see Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Because remember, it's your health. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www. For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, 401-439-6028. Fully insured tree removal company with a licensed arborist yankee tree service they provide various tree services including tree removal pruning land clearing stump grinding and bobcat service check out their website yankeetreeservice.com whether it's for tree removal or stump grinding yankee tree service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps tree pruning you know many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down the licensed arborists with yankee tree service they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree emergency service or bucket truck service they'll get up in the bucket call yankee tree service today for a free quote 401-439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com Joining us, joining us right now is from South Kingstown, and it is uh, her, the, the mom that is known, Nicole Salas. Nicole, good afternoon, and thank you for joining us on the John DePietro Show. Hi, John. Thanks for having me. First of all, I want to applaud you for getting involved, for saying, you know, I want to be part of the community. I have children. I'd like to know what's involved here. A lot of people go along to get along, but number one, you should feel good about, you know what, I want to be involved. I want to be those one of the parents, one of the people in the community that are basically 
involved and not just on the sidelines. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And I hope more parents will get involved too, either by going to school committee meetings, reading up on their policies that are posted online about their schools, and asking more questions so that way they, they know what's going on. And, um, you know, it's also important to ask your kids when they come home, what are they learning? But really getting involved directly with your school leadership is what is going to make a difference. Nicole, critical race theory, it's new. Uh, it's one of those things that's still kind of evolving. People hear about it. Uh, people, I was just saying, people, if you pay attention, many times when there's something new that hits the news, there's always stories that maybe teachers aren't given proper guidance. Maybe people have different interpretations of things. So this is new where they kind of want to change the nature and the way that our history is being taught. And, and it is new that they want to introduce racism as a form of, um, you know, education inside the classroom. Yeah, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about what critical race theory really is. And my understanding of it is, is that it focuses on race as the driving force in everything in society. And um, in practice, it it then gets to school children in these, these uh, harmful practices. Um, it makes race the center of all analysis in society. And so it then forces children to focus on race, including their own race and skin color and the skin color and race of their schoolmates. And then it divides people into different categories or levels of either oppressor or oppressed based on your skin color. And as it's practiced in many places, it can segregate students by skin color it race shames students who are classified as white and it then seeks to hold them emotionally responsible for past wrongs, which they as innocent children had nothing to do with. And most importantly, it, it only perpetuates racial conflict. Um, so you start with this academic premise that race is the key to everything. Um, and then you actually end up only perpetuating more more racism from that you know uh, and not only that as i was saying you know many times in schools let's face it um teachers try to have their own spin on things or make it creative and especially when there's something new like this um i i don't want to say uncharted territory but it's a little bit because it can spiral out and, you know, you have different examples. I remember being in like fifth grade or sixth grade and the teacher wanted to put a different spin on, you know, the American Revolution. So she wanted to kind of act out a play and, and that type of so teachers are always looking for a different way to kind of do it or make kids understand. And, and the problem with that, Nicole, is anyone that follows the news. I mean, there's always now stories of teachers that decide they're going to come up with a different way and have the kids in, you know, fourth grade uh, reenact the George Floyd situation in Minneapolis and then discuss it. And like these things can really spiral out. We certainly hear it with sex education. But so when you're just trying to get basic information, I'm thinking in a perfect world, you A, get the answers you're looking for. And number two, you're welcome to be brought in, take a tour, like, you know, hey, we want you to be part of the community. Come on in and let's see if we can answer any questions you have. Yeah, and I think that parental involvement is really key. Um, I, I, I want transparency. So if teachers want to take a new spin on teaching very important parts of history, uh, maybe it's important to let parents know what your ideas are. Um Having a tour, seeing the curriculum, I think those are all really basic ways that a school can be transparent with a parent. Um, I don't think it's unreasonable to ask, and I think a lot of parents need to ask that, too. And you know what else, Nicole? There's also an element of age appropriateness. So, for instance, you know, you stumbled into what I don't know if stumbled into is the right word, but you found out that already in South Kingstown that they're talking, you know, everything's now or they're trying to make it non-gender. Uh, you don't say boys. You don't say girls. I saw the thing of let's talk about the first Thanksgiving and what could be done differently. Well, you know, like everything, a lot of that stuff, it may sound 
that, oh, well, that, that's reasonable. But then you wonder about age appropriateness and how it can be interpreted, how it can be confusing to children. We've heard teachers around the country, they make the white students stand up and apologize to all the minority students in the classroom. There is definitely an agenda going on of people of, you know, and, and a lot of times it's actually people that are white that are obsessed with this, you know, the white privilege and we need to amend for what's happened in the past. And and the fact is, if that's a public school, parents like yourself have a right to find out how is this going to be implemented? How is it going to be taught? Uh, different grade levels, there's different discussions. To me, these are all very reasonable questions that you have. Yes, yes. And, you know, the examples of race shaming that you had, they're outrageous. Um, when it comes to how my school that I contacted doesn't use um, gender terminology, that they embed ideals of gender identity into the curriculum, I want to know exactly how that happens. And I think parents are really at a loss because a school may say, well, we don't formally adopt CRT in the curriculum or we don't, you know, have it as a part of the curriculum and that's that's told to you as a way to it's a false sense of security because if it's not formally in the curriculum and they're not being transparent about it, it only serves to obfuscate what is really happening in the classroom. So for me, it's not good enough to hear that well we include elements of this theory somehow in lessons, I want to know exactly how it's included um, because parents have a right to opt out of objectionable material. But if we don't know what that material is, we're not going to be able to exercise our rights to opt out. Yep. Um, and, you know, I don't know why if all of these CRT concepts and gender theory concepts, if they're, if they're being presented as things that are actually very good to learn for kids, well, then why isn't it transparent? Why are we, why, why is a school hiding it? Um, so it's, it's very frustrating, I think, for a parent to be in that position, which is why I started submitting my public records requests at the direction of the school. And I think that if parents are not getting answers from the people that they're talking to or emailing or calling, and this is really a way to compel answers to those difficult questions. And I want people to understand, uh, you know, Nicole, like everyone that's listing, whether you're in Rhode Island, anywhere in the country, you have a right to get answers. Nicole was being blown off. They just didn't feel like answering it. They didn't invite her in, as I said, to have a discussion about it. They told her, no, just fill what's called an app request. And people in the media have to fill them all the time to get public records. And as Nicole was doing exactly what they, that was the uh, the, the, the method that they wanted. That was the mechanism they said, this is what you use to try to get your answers. It was based on that, Nicole. And the part that I want to hear about is your reaction when you heard they're the ones that made it public. It's not like they're the ones decided to put your name on the agenda for the school committee to meet last Wednesday, potential legal action. Now, again, that is like so beyond the pale. You're a private citizen. Uh, I would imagine this was done without warning. They didn't even follow through with it, which is even worse in some way. But that is, to me, the most damaging thing about it is you single out an individual, private citizen, and basically say, we're going to make an example out of this person and put it on public notice. We're going to discuss whether or not we're going to take legal action against her. Yeah, that, that was shocking to me. When I saw that on the agenda, um, I immediately felt like they were retaliating against me. And, you know, I just also want to emphasize that I, I was told to submit a lot of my questions, yep. uh, submit my questions specifically because I had so many. Um, I was told that due to the scope of my questions to submit public records requests. So, you know, now I'm put on this agenda because I had a very big scope of questions. I had a lot, and now I'm being retaliated against. Um, I think there were a lot of better ways that that could have been handled if, if it was overwhelming to them. I didn't have any idea that it was overwhelming because 
I was in constant contact with the school by submitting requests, getting responses back either with responsive documents or with estimates on how much it would cost me to purchase responsive documents. And then out of the blue, I'm, I'm on this agenda. It's my first and last name. And um, I don't, I've never seen that before. I think that when the school committee, um, I, I think they could have not put my name on the agenda, but still maybe had some kind of public meeting to discuss this. Yes. So that, yeah. That really felt like a deliberate retaliation against me. It was. And Nicole, I am curious, as you were getting more information, again, folks, we're speaking with South Kingstown mom, Nicole Solis, who was merely trying to get more information about South Kingstown. Her daughter's going to be entering kindergarten next year. They certainly didn't like it. They resented it. They made her the focal point. Um, were you getting, like, what, what did you find through the request? Were you finding, do they have solid foundation of critical race theory? Were they able to explain it? Were they able to back it up? Were you getting some, like, what did you find through your requests? Well, I didn't see it in the in the curriculum, but based on what the principal told me they, they do, I knew or I at least suspected that it was being taught. Yep. I also saw on the school's official Facebook page that they had um, taught a book that was either written by or co-written by Jason Reynolds, who um, was a co-writer with Ibram Kendi um, and another book. So um, I I also, you know, so really on their Facebook page is where I was getting a lot of information about how this is creeping into the curriculum. Um, So I am still waiting on getting responsive documents to my APRA request. Um, which I paid over three hundred dollars oh, to get. My God! Yeah. So you know, it's it's difficult to be trying to get this information and then facing this uh, amount of money that I have to pay. Originally, when I had asked for the emails of a school committee member, the estimate came back as around nine thousand seven hundred dollars. Oh my which, God! Yeah, which, which no one can no, afford. No, that's ludicrous. Know. Come on! Right, and, wow. and I felt like I, I had to sort of uncover anything I could to understand how this is creeping into the curriculum. Um, I can, I, I know that the school committee is reviewing an, uh, a policy, like they have, they're reviewing a hiring policy which calls for explicit racial quotas in the, in the hiring huh. of, of people in the South Kingstown School District. So, wow. yeah, and as we know, that's illegal. Um, that is definitely not part of the traditional civil rights um, movement to be hiring people specifically based on race. And again, this this policy is uh, under review, and I guess we'll have to wait and see what they do with it. Yeah, what predates you is, and you probably know this, but one member of the school committee, I mean, it's a complete conflict of interest. The person is paid as a full-time person by the union, and they also sit at the school committee. I mean, it, that should not go on, but the voters elected that person. Um, but that also just also shows, you know, that just, I mean, it's it's a little broken to begin with. But, Nicole, I want to touch on one of the comments that one of the people that got up, and again, folks, we're speaking with South Kingstown mom, Nicole Solis, who um, got up, and, and it's such a simplistic way that they try to argue, and that is, well, if, you, if you're against teaching, against anti-racism, that makes you a racist. That is absolutely absurd. The fact that that's met with applause and, you know, that is like the old guys of when did you stop beating your wife? That That is nothing to do with the, the matter, what we're talking about. But look at the way that that's framed for someone that really doesn't know the elements of the issue. And that is, oh, well, if you're against this, that means you're a racist. It was shocking yeah. to have that statement be made by a school committee member. And I think it was the state, I think it was, I think it was supposed to be the statement of the entire school committee. I'm wow. Sure. Um, and, you know, we started out this meeting as sort of a procedural issue of, okay, there's over 160 APRA requests. And then it quickly, I mean, right at the top of the meeting turned into this. Uh, 
retaliation against me with that statement. And that's, that's really exactly the retaliation that, that parents fear when they come out like this, uh, just for asking questions, just for wanting to know what's going on with the curriculum and what their kids are learning. So, yeah. you know, that, that statement should be retracted. Yes. Um, I, I definitely deserve an apology for that statement. Um, and as I said before in previous interviews, that that should cause the, the chair of the school committee to resign. I completely agree with you. And you know what else, though? There is a pattern of, and you see it, where, for instance, you know, years ago, when, when people were deciding to do homeschooling, uh, they were immediately portrayed by those on the left or the teachers unions or just some of their allies that they were odd. And that they were like right-wing religious kooks. Uh, the name-calling and the framing that goes on, it's just, uh, it's really terrible and it's, it's abhorrent. But that's all part of it. That if someone questions it, their method of striking back is let's label them that there's some kind of like a right wing, you know, nut. Like you really also see it with the the people that are pro-life. They're then portrayed as they're, the, you know, they're odd, they're unusual. You don't want to be associated with them. They're this unusual group that are stuck in the past. Um, what has the reaction been? How has your life changed in the past week? Oh my gosh, um, I've been getting overwhelming messages of support from parents in in my town, in my state, Good. all, all over the country. Good. Um, people are trying to get in touch with me directly or through other people. Um, the messages of support are so helpful because I know that I face a lot of backlash. So every time I get another message, I sort of breathe a sigh of relief. Um, I've also had people asking to donate to uh, me. Wow, good. Yeah, um, I mean, people for, I had someone call me, left a voicemail from Arizona, huh. um, I think in Massachusetts. So I had someone um, tell me the night before the school committee meeting in Palm Beach that they were going to sign on and watch the school committee meeting from Palm Beach. Oh, wow, that's never been done before. <laughs> that was so moving. I just... You know, the school committee meeting was, I think, almost five hours. So that that's really that was really something to me that someone actually took the time to tell me that they were going to do that. Um, so I, I think that it's obvious that there's that there are a lot of parents that are fighting this, and um, we need more and more parents to come out and fight this too. Because the more of us that ask questions and the more of us that that challenge these really divisive concepts being taught will make a difference because they retaliated against me. It looked like I was just one person. Yep. It's really hard to retaliate against a hundred parents instead of just one to retaliate against 1,000, you know? So the more parents that come out against this, again, the harder it's going to be for a school to retaliate against the person. And instead, they will have to look at the problem and not focus so much on the people that are are asking these questions. Folks, again, we're speaking with South Kingstown mom, Nicole Solis. And something else that, you know, Nicole, what I like is you've drawn awareness and there are people that maybe in the past they, they haven't paid attention or attended a school committee meeting and they realize they should, but they may be a little reticent to do it. But what people need to understand is many times, you know, when that door closes in the classroom and your child is in that classroom and in the system for the next hour, and that is five days a week. They, the power that is being taught, the person at the head of the classroom, people have a right to know exactly what instruction is going to be taught that way. They're framing, you know, they're framing young minds. Um, I don't want to get off track here, but anyone that paid attention to a lot of the violent protests last summer, you know, just locally in Providence, there was the Columbus, Christopher Columbus statue was vandalized. And what a lot of people didn't pick up on was the, the person that was arrested for vandalizing it was a history teacher from Pawtucket. So my question is, well, you know, what do they think is being taught in that classroom when you have a public school teacher being arrested? Parents, grandparents have 
every right to say, how are certain events being taught? How is this being presented? Uh, We're not talking about someone deciding the new math. These are, this is history that they're trying to rewrite. Yeah, you're right. Parents have a right to ask. They're entitled to answer. And I would also like to expand that to even people that are not parents. Yes. You're a taxpayer. Your money is paying for these lessons to happen. And I know that I've also had people reach out to me and say that, oh, you know, they say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not a parent. I don't have a kid in the system. Well, your money is in the system. That's right. And I and I, I think a great response to that, which you know I can't emphasize enough that that shouldn't even be a response to someone, but a great response to that is, well, if um, if my voice isn't important because I don't have kids in the system, then give me my money back. Yes. Paying into the system. So as long as you're paying for your public school, you have a right to go to the school committee meetings and ask your questions, get your answers. Folks, again, we're speaking with Nicole Solis, the mom from South Kingstown, who, um, you know, Nicole, again, I I just I feel awful for you, for your family. They're the ones that inflame this. They're the ones that put your name in the agenda. They're the ones, make no mistake about it, trying to single you out, um, almost like make an example out of you. And but you are seeing, for instance, I saw this morning on Fox, parents in Virginia are fighting back on critical race theory. Um, This is new territory. This is a time for people to be engaged, be vocal. Uh, This people have a right to know how the events of 2021 are now going to be presented to young children in the classroom. This is no longer people talking about, you know, liberal college campuses. This is kindergarten. This is first grade and up that they're starting to integrate the whole thing of, oh, no, no, there's no boys and girls. There's no gender. And I the whole thing of what would they do differently at the first Thanksgiving? I mean, to me, that is like the tip of the iceberg of where all this is leading. Yeah, you know, that question in particular bothered me because uh, a five-year-old does not have a comprehensive understanding of history. I remember learning about Thanksgiving as a kid. And I would have no idea how to respond to a question like that at five years old. I, I don't even know if I could respond to that right now, um, simply because I, I don't know how things could have been done differently. And um, it's not fair to ask a child that. And if it's starting in kindergarten, then I think it's important to know what's going on in every grade level at your school. And Nicole, I also um, I'm just curious. I I think I read or heard that the uh, when you were trying to get the same type of information from I think it was like a charter school. Boom. Five minutes. Sure. Come in for for, uh, you know, if you want to go on a tour, we'll tell you exactly what the curriculum is With, with this also really stood out to me was the fact that this was the South Kingstown school system, school committee, they're the ones that were, and the way I interpret it, they were basically blowing you off, hoping you would just go away, which a lot of people do. But um, but you, you found a completely different response when you were trying to get answers elsewhere. Right. The, the two charter schools that are in South Kingstown have their curriculum on the website. It's right there. You can click on it. It says curriculum. Um, it was easy to get a tour of another school. Scheduled it right there when I called. I, I don't know what the intentions are when, you know, I couldn't get this information. I just knew that it was um, concerning. So here we are. You know, I just have another quick, I, I'm curious, in, in the, um, let's say, kindergarten or first grade, South Kingstown, do they even have a boys room anymore, boys lavatory, girls room, or is everything just, you know, g- gender neutral? Oh, I can't speak to that. Okay. I, mean, I haven't had a I haven't had a tour. So, okay. Um, I don't know. And and what about I mean, and maybe you don't know, but you know, just in in gym class, uh, is everybody all together, or do they? You know, I remember they'd separate the boys over here. There are boys teams. There are girls teams. Um, Listen, whether people like it or not, uh, you know, men are stronger. Doesn't mean better. 
just mean they're built differently. Uh, they can run faster. That's why in the Olympics they have, you know, the men's race and then the women's race. And same thing with swimming. I know some people want to teach. I think there's a difference between it doesn't mean a male is better. But I don't think you do the children a service if you you continue this this whole down this course of no, there's no difference. Everybody's the same. That's that's just not the case. That's not true. That's why, and I'd say the Olympics. You, if the men, if you took the top woman sprinter in the world and put her in with the top ten men sprinters, she would finish dead last. I mean, these are. This is just basic genetics. That's how humans are. There's a difference between trying to inclusiveness and equality, and it's like they're trying to defy nature. Yeah, so you're you're touching upon the controversy of gender identity um, and, you know, how that starts to be taught to kids in school. I know that at, in South Kingstown School District, um, in terms of gender identity, they have a, a an active policy that was adopted, I think, in 2017 that allows school, it allows the school to assist in a student's gender transition without the consent or notification of a parent. Oh, my God. If, the, if the school finds that um, it's not safe to involve the parent. That is outrageous <clears throat> to me. Wow. Um, you know, I think, I mean, I think I'm not sure. I think you have to get consent from a parent to give a, a child aspirin. So to think that a school could decide that they will help your your child assist in a gender transition without telling you is really outrageous to me. Um, I did bring that policy to the attention of the school committee, and they said that they would review it, and I have to follow up on that. I don't know if you caught, and I won't keep you much longer, but folks, we're speaking with South Kingstown mom, Nicole Solis. Uh, if you caught the 60 Minutes piece with Leslie Stahl, which she caught a lot of flack for, by the way, as did 60 Minutes. But they had this young guy who he, you know, was kind of depressed and felt bullied. And then someone said, well, you'd probably be happier as a female. So he's like, OK. So after two meetings, they removed his testicles and he said he went from being depressed to suicidal and couldn't believe just how fast the whole thing you know went from zero to 60 and that's what people you know you're exactly right you can't give a child aspirin but without the parent consent they they start to teach these kids the reason you're being bullied is because you're you're you know you should have been born a girl or you should have been born a boy and kids are you know they're they're very influential and they're at a very tender age and they they go along with this and then they find that their their life has spiraled out of control that that's that's not what was wrong but boy that is um and again I don't want to go too far off on that did you see the sixty minutes piece with Leslie Saul that I'm referring to I have seen clips of it. okay You're talking yeah. But people need to understand that could be going on in the classroom. By, by the way, Nicole, before I let you go, you were terrific on Fox and Friends. You were great on Tucker. People don't realize uh, that is not easy to do. She can't see them. She's just listening to them through the earpiece. Sometimes it can be a delay. You handled it with poise. Uh, you got your story across very, very effectively. You should feel great about that. And you have really sparked a conversation that is so important. So I commend you. I, com- I commend your very supportive spouse and your family. And so uh, anything else you want to leave with us or any words of encouragement to other parents that are out there that maybe are feeling the same thing? Thanks, John. Yeah, I just want to, again, um, encourage parents to ask your questions and submit your public records request if you feel like your questions are not being answered in a meaningful way. Um, parent involvement is is vital to our kids, and it's worth the risk of retaliation to protect our kids. Folks, she is Nicole. So Nicole, again, great job. Great to talk to you. And I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. All right, folks, there she is. And uh... it's spring and Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island is your lawn care company. Call them today for a free quote. 401-392-1025. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com. Your best lawn ever guaranteed. Call them now. Get that spring program. 
you have the fertilizer, then you guaranteed broadleaf crabgrass control, your best lawn ever guaranteed call lawn doctor today check out their website lawndoctor.com or call them 401-392-1025 ever in an accident someone hits your vehicle it's damaged in some way pick up the phone and call west fountain auto body 401-272-3340 they're located 400 west fountain street in providence folks as you're riding along you just never know you could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them, 401 272 3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. What's the point of having an appliance if it doesn't work properly? Or maybe you have problems with it. I'll tell you what you should do. As I like to say, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401 710 7096. Easy to remember. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. I've used Ryan on several occasions, whether it's for your washing machine or maybe your dryer or the refrigerator or your stove or oven or microwave, any appliance. If your appliance is dying, just call Ryan, 401-710-7096. I was having a problem with our, our clothes dryer. What would happen? It wouldn't turn on. No way they were going to dry the clothes. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair. He fixed that in about five minutes. Then the oven wouldn't heat up. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. He fixed the, he fixed the, the oven in about five minutes. Folks, call them. All work is guaranteed for 90 days, parts and labor. Senior citizens discounts are available and Saturday appointments are available. Come on, call Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401 710 96. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, remember, if you want to get a hold of me, the easiest thing to do is log on to my website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Now, there, you can, if you want to listen to the program, listen live. You can also contact me that way. That's the easiest way to get me an email if you'd like to advertise on the show. We also have all our links to social media. We have uh, links to Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or also on YouTube. You can also read many of the exclusive stories that we do. We have exclusive video. You can also shop and get some of the merchandise. And at the same time, if you ever miss an episode of the John DePietro Show, if you ever miss a segment, you just log on and right at the top, it says radio show. Click onto that. It'll bring you right there and you can listen. It's all in a library fashion. It all starts by logging right on at depetro.com. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508 336 7801. MEGA, M E G A, professionals, 508 336 7801. Maybe if you need workers, Maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. 
You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession, MEGA professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Breathe clearly now, my mask is gone. Nothing but a big smile for all to see. Gone is the Fauci mask I had to wear. My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air. My lungs will be full, full, full of clean air. My lungs will be full, full, of beautiful air. My lungs will be full, full, full of clean air. My lungs will be full, full, beautiful air. in an accident someone hits your vehicle it's damaged in some way pick up the phone and call west fountain auto body 401-272-3340 they're located 400 west fountain street in providence folks as you're riding along you just never know you could be dealing with a drunk driver someone not paying attention how about the people texting and driving if you ever damage your vehicle call west fountain auto body 401-272-3340 3340 several reasons one they'll handle everything for you two they're going to work for you not the insurance company and three they'll make your car it'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom west fountain auto body call them 401-272-3340 did someone damage your vehicle whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle west fountain will restore your vehicle get it back on the road call them today 401 272-3340 and remember if you're having an accident first thing you want to do call the police fill out a police report if the tow truck shows up tell them let's get this vehicle over to west fountain 401-272-3340 it's spring and lawn doctor of rhode island is your lawn care company call them today for a free quote 401-392-1025 check out their website lawndoctor.com your best lawn ever guaranteed call them now get that spring program you have the fertilizer then you guaranteed broadleaf crabgrass control your best lawn ever guaranteed call lawn doctor today check out their website lawndoctor.com or call them 401-392-1025 